All right, good morning, Calvary. Good to see you. It has uh, been kind of a big week. We've had, a, we've had a lot of big weeks, right? I mean, we've had the fires. We've had, I mean, Europe's talking about another lockdown uh, when it comes to the pandemic. You've got the Dodgers winning the World Series. Yeah, whatever, right? Eh. <laughs> Angels forever. <laughs> but, uh, but happy for them, happy for you all uh, that are excited about that. Uh, yeah, but with obviously with the election coming up, and of course, I'm sure you're all thinking about how my fantasy football team's making a playoff run, most likely, and uh, I'm starting my, my Christmas light project is getting started. So, you know, these are the things that are a big week. It's been a, it's been a big time, <laughs> but no, it has. There's a lot going on, and we want to talk about it. And so uh, as we conclude our More Than an Audience series today. Uh, I know some of you might be disappointed that I haven't, and I'm not really going to do like a big sermon telling you who exactly to vote for and all of that, that kind of a sermon. I'm not going to do that sort of a thing um, or tell you exactly the way that our politics should go in America and all of that. But here's, here's my guess. My guess is that here today, November 1st, with the election on November 3rd, and fact that maybe most or some of you at least uh, have already voted. <laughs> My guess is you've either already voted or you probably know who you're going to vote for. Like I'm, I, this has been in the, you know, in the public sphere for a little while now. That's my hunch. Now, we're still going to talk about some of this, but you know, we've also done some things like where I've written some emails and sent out some voter guides at calvarylife.org vote, which have very much so had people uh, very disappointed about me sending those and people very excited about me sending those people within our church. And so just like even an understanding of some of that, and that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, uh, but I also know that we're very entrenched in our own political beliefs, and it's starting to feel, well, not starting, it's felt for a while, that every voice is feeling a bit like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal because a lot of people have forgotten that without love, we are nothing. Okay, that's what that verse says. That all of this, like we can be very involved and very excited and very uh, motivated about politics and about what's going on in our country. It's a good thing. But without love, we are nothing. And so today, what I'm here to do is just to remind you of a few things. I'm here to remind you who you are and whose you are. Okay, that's what we're here today to be reminded of. And we're going to be reminded of our responsibility as a citizen. Okay, so here's my reminder to you of your responsibility as a citizen. But maybe it's going to be a little different than you might think. It is your, your, your uh, role as a citizen of God's kingdom. Okay, that's what I want to remind us of. That's where I want to kind of like bring us to a place of, you know, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of placing hope in all sorts of things. Let's remind ourselves of who we are, whose we are, and our role as citizens. So we're going to be basing everything today on Philippians 3, 20 through 4, verse 2. And then we're going to read a ton of other scriptures. It's going to be very scripture-packed today. Uh, but you even got an additional one from, from Dave. I'm not, I wasn't going to do Daniel, but preacher's going to preach, right? So... <laughs> No, it's good. And, uh, but uh, so we're looking at Philippians 3, verse 20. Uh, so let's read this together. It says this. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Okay, so stop there for a second just, just so you understand what you're reading. We are citizens of heaven, of God's kingdom, first and foremost, and the king of that kingdom is Jesus. And Jesus is making us to be more like him, and Jesus has the power to subject everything, all things, to himself. Therefore, it says in verse 1 of chapter 4, in light of that, therefore... This is what we should do. And he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. So therefore, stand firm. And then therefore, verse 2, it says, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. So I urge these, these two people who will get into it just a little bit, but not that much, but just two people we don't know a ton about, but had some sort of conflict that needed to be encouraged to live in harmony with one another. So we're citizens of God's kingdom. Jesus is the king. He's got all the power. Therefore, stand firm in the Lord and live in harmony with one another, even with those whom you have conflict with. All right, that's what we're going to talk about. So let's get into it. So we are citizens of God's kingdom. Above all others, we're citizens of God's kingdom. That's that first verse. Our citizenship is in heaven. So one thing I just want like, us to get and to understand this is that this is our biblical command. Our biblical understanding is that's where our primary citizenship lies is in God's kingdom. That God's kingdom should be first and foremost in all that we care about. So here in the midst of this week that we're in, let's remind ourselves of that. Let's remind ourselves that no matter the outcome, that we are citizens of heaven first and foremost. And I love uh, what Ephesians just 2.19 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So again, it's just like bringing this home that we belong to something and somewhere greater than anything on this earth. And as a citizen, as we know, like as a citizen of the United States of America, we have certain rights, certain privileges, certain responsibilities, and they're incredible. It's amazing rights that we have in this wonderful, um, incredible country that we are part of, and we are so grateful for that. And in that same way, you have rights and privileges and responsibilities as a citizen of God's kingdom. And they're like the most amazing rights and privileges that we have to be part of that. Uh, and then, so like in light of that understanding and kind of like bringing that into like our understanding of this cultural moment that we're in, um, I then see Matthew six thirty three, where Jesus says, seek first, seek first his kingdom and seek first his righteousness all these things will be added to you. All these things that you're worried about, about food and about being cared for in that passage of clothing and food and just what they needed for their day to day. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the economy, the, our taxes and all that kind of that side of things, like the way that we're provided for. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
This is sort of like, in my opinion, this is like the verse to have like tattooed on your arm this week to remind you. Like not really, but just, you know, this is like the verse to put on your mirror in the morning. Okay, seek first his kingdom. Okay, seek first his righteousness. Don't have to worry about tomorrow. God's got this. God has this under control. God is in charge. Like I don't have to, to worry about these things because it, God is the one that is caring for us in the midst of this time. So if you're worried about tomorrow or you're worried about the next day or you're worried about whenever we'll get the results of this election, that no matter what, that we don't need to worry because we place our trust and our hope in God. We place that in Jesus and not in any system of this world. Now here's something that's going to, I think, maybe blow some of your minds. Maybe you think you're aware of this, but maybe you're not. There are people... In our church, okay, there are people in our church that think that if Joe Biden wins this election, it will be the end of our democracy and the end of the way of Jesus in America. And there are people in our church who think that if Donald Trump wins this election, that it will be the end of our democracy and the end of the way of Jesus in America. Like, that might blow your mind, whichever way you're thinking or whichever way you're leaning or whoever you really like or whoever you think is the right one, that there are people in our church that think both of those things, all right? I don't know if you realize that, but there are, and I've talked to many of them on both sides of that in these last couple weeks with massive concern, worry, anxiety about what would happen either way. There are also people that think that our only hope for our nation and for our nation to be more Christian is for Donald Trump to win. And there are people that think that our only hope for our nation and for our nation to be more Christian is for Joe Biden to win. And that might just like, you just like, I can't imagine that. Ah, it does not compute. I get that, okay? I get that on both ends of this in certain ways. But here's what I want to tell both of you, okay? Here's what I want to tell you today. Your only hope, the only hope that you have for our world today, for our nation today, and for tomorrow and the next, and for eternity especially, your only hope is in Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that you can stand on, the only foundation. Amen. We got applause inside here. Maybe there's some outside. I have no idea. But this is true. It's not in Trump. It's not in Biden. It's not in any president in our history. It's not in any governor. It's not in any senator. It's also not in any political party. But it's also not in any sort of system of government. A lot of people like think that, well, if it's this system or that system, then we're going to be okay. Our hope is not in any of those things. Our hope is in Jesus and only Jesus. And so if you're worried about tomorrow, don't worry. God's got this. I promise you, God is in control. God is not sitting in heaven, biting his nails, concerned about what's going to happen on Tuesday. God is in power. God is in control. And check this out. This might be a little bit more like you know, salacious or something. But if we have less religious freedom after this week, praise God. You might think, what are you talking about? If we have less religious freedom, I say, we still say, praise God, because that will mean we need to be bolder witnesses for the gospel. 
okay? If we live in a world that is, or in a country that is more antagonistic to the gospel after this week, praise God, bless God, because then maybe we will believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is more important to what we will accomplish for the good of the gospel than any political power could ever be for us. Or if we have leaders who are narcissistic and divisive, praise God, because it will give us a chance as followers of Jesus to show that the way of love and of Christ is the better way. All of that, I don't know, whatever way it goes, praise God, whatever way it goes, because it gives us an opportunity to live the gospel of Jesus to the people around us. That can and should be our approach as citizens of heaven, citizens of God's kingdom first and foremost. Here's the way that Jesus told us to pray for this. He said in his, uh, in his talk with his disciples, where he said, this is how you should pray. He said, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And then the next words were, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray that way. That can be our prayer. Lord, I pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we are first and foremost citizens of God's kingdom. And so we pray for that. And that's what we want for our country. That's what we want for our world. And so I just want to encourage us to place like just as we're like thinking about what's going to happen this week. And as we might be worried about it in any way, to remember who you are and whose you are, okay? That we are citizens of God's kingdom first and foremost. And that within that, America is this incredible, amazing nation that God has blessed so richly. But America is also not the kingdom of God. We just got to make sure when we're reading the scriptures that we're reading that properly. That when we see the kingdom of God, when we see even the nation of Israel, when we see God's chosen people, that's not us. Okay, we just got to remember that. That's not us. Sometimes that can get a little bit messed up when we start to think about the way God is speaking about uh, his people or his kingdom or the covenant relationship he has with Israel is unique and special and different and the church is not Israel and America is not Israel and all of that. So it's just an important thing for us to be clear about in our minds. And so we place allegiance. We have an allegiance to our country and that's good. I want us to have that. But we place allegiance to God's kingdom first and foremost and then it's to our country. I would even say we place allegiance to God's kingdom first. And then I would even say we place allegiance to our local church above our, our allegiance to our country. And you might think, of course you think that, Pastor. <laughs> you know, but like what I mean by that is like all the local church is is kind of like a forward operating base, like an outpost of God's kingdom. That's what we act as. We're just an outpost for the kingdom of God in our city, in our, in our area where we live. And there's many little local churches all around making up the big C church, which is the body of Christ that is living out God's purposes and ways here on this earth. And so, of course, like, if we're about the kingdom of God first, then here, if this is the place where we're kind of activated and sent out with marching orders and encouragement and provision to be able to go out and be that, uh, you know, ambassador for Christ in our area, then, yeah, our allegiance is here next, and then our country. Of course, like, family. I'm not talking about all that family and stuff like that. But, but that's where we need to think. So I want to ask you, do the passions 
of your heart and the actions of your life reflect that allegiance. To think that through. Do the passions of your heart and the actions of your life reflect that your allegiance is first to God and his kingdom? Or are you so wrapped up in the kingdom of our country that you're not even thinking about God's kingdom? And that's an important thing. Right now we're kind of wrapped up. Right now we're like kind of, you know, we're caught up in all this. I get it. But right now, I want you to think through where are you thinking about and where are you placing your hope? Where are you placing your hope? Because if you're thinking that this week, if the person that I want to win or the system that I want to win or whatever that is doesn't win, like I've lost hope. No, I just want to encourage you, your hope's not in that. Your hope's in Jesus. And there's even like... There's ways this happens on the left and the right. Like, there's ways this happens with, with systems, you know, if that's like socialism or something on the left, where there's this, like, placing hope that in this system of socialism that, and it's, and it's sort of a way of, like, worshiping and placing your trust in government and saying, government will provide for me. Government will give me all my needs. All I have to do is place my hope in government, and then my needs will be met. And then there's kind of like this thing on the right where it's like, well, if, if Trump doesn't win, then we're gonna, we won't be able to have all of this, like these rights and, and freedoms that we have, or uh, we won't be able to have the, the justices that we need, and, and the, especially for the pro-life issue and all of that. I get that. We think that like, if our hope's only in that, now it's like, I just want to remind you, your hope's not in that. Your hope's in Jesus. And God's got this. And God is in control. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Trust in God. I'm not saying that politics doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's not good to be involved. It it is really good to be involved. And politics matters a great deal. But I'm trying to remind us on November 1st what is more important. And where our hope is. And where we can find that. Because we are citizens of God's kingdom. And then secondly in this passage we're looking at. That we have a king of this kingdom that subjects all things under his rule. That, that verse 21, that Jesus will transform us, the body of our humble state, into conformity with the body of his glory, which, like, side note is why Diddy, like, why Pastor Dave thinks that we'll all be 33-year-old Jewish men in heaven, you know, someday, because we'll be made into conformity with Jesus <laughs> when he died. That, like, I'm kind of hoping for that it's something more than that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you our time. But uh, it's that, so we will be made more like Christ in his glory. And so by, then it says, by the exertion of the power that he has, even to subject all things to himself, that Jesus will make all things subject to him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess to Jesus that he has all the power. He has the power over all the rulers on this earth. He has power over all the supernatural powers in the seen and unseen realms. He has power over all of the riches and money and the richest people in the world. He has power over all the political leaders of the world, the kings of this world, all the famous people of this world, everyone, all the most influential people of this world. Jesus will subject all things to himself. That's our king. He is not weak. He is strong. And one day we will all bow before him. So I remind us of that, that we are citizens of God's kingdom and our king is strong. And our king said this in John 18, 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting 
so that I would not be handed over to the Jews, which, which they, when they say the Jews, it means Jewish leaders of that day. He says, but as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. And so Jesus, he was even saying, like, look, like, it's not about the Roman Empire. It's not about these religious leaders. I'm not trying to take over these, these sort of civic systems. My kingdom is trying to do something different. It's a different way. It's a third way. Like, I am saying that my kingdom is caring about your now and your eternity. And so Jesus said, look, like, my people aren't fighting to take over the Romans. I don't want them doing that because I'm here to do something greater. And so to recognize that Jesus has done something greater. And so we place our hope in him. And we also place his mission as primary over any other mission that we could be a part of. So again, no matter what happens in the next couple days, God is still on the throne. Our king remains the same. Amen? So then, therefore. All right, so you got this big therefore in the middle. So Jesus is the king. We are citizens of God's kingdom, therefore stand firm in the Lord. Because of that, because you're a citizen of God's kingdom, stand firm in him. And so we do. That's what it says in, in verse 1. Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. So we, we, we hold the values of God and his word as as the highest values. And we encourage others to do the same. Like that is part of what we do. And I get like where that's part of even as we're involved in politics, that's what we're trying to do is to say, we hope for our country to stand firm in the Lord more. But I want us to recognize that our primary message is the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So you are an ambassador for Christ first. All the other stuff comes second. This is one of those moments where I think, think about your heart. Think about your actions. Think about all the conversations that you've been having lately. Think about what your social media presence is talking about. Does it reflect being an ambassador of Christ first and politics second? Or has all that other stuff been coming up to the forefront and looks like you're an ambassador for politics? And then, I don't know, maybe I'll be an ambassador for Christ somewhere. Can, I, can you see it in your heart, in your actions, and in your conversations, and in your social media? I don't, maybe you can. I just want you to think about it and think about does that reflect being an ambassador for Christ first and foremost? And so when it comes to standing firm, I was thinking about uh, this, stand firm. And uh, I thought about this conversation that um, there had been a, a fellow pastor that had spoken to our staff a couple years ago at our pastoral retreat. And he had talked about this time where he had went out, and we were actually at Forest Home, and this whole moment for him was, was at Forest Home as well, where he went out into the creek at Forest Home. And I don't know if you've ever been there. Now, this is not a picture of Forest Home. This is a picture of alder trees in the middle of a river, which is what happens. So he's, he's at Forest Home, and he goes out in the big creek. I don't know if you've ever been up there. It's this huge, wide creek bed full of rocks and sand. And, but, like, there's only, like, a little creek most of the time, just kind of a small creek in the middle of it. And he saw an alder tree there right in the middle of this. And what's interesting is uh, within this is, like, this creek bed. So this guy had been dealing with like 
people kind of on both sides of an issue in his church and, and were constantly fighting, kind of felt caught in the middle of it all. And he wanted to make peace, not just sort of keep peace, not just kind of appease people and keep them happy, but wanted to help them come to a, a true sense of peace together. But what, what goes on in this creek bed at, at Forest Home is it's, it's got just this little tiny creek, but every once in a while when the rain comes in the mountains, comes a massive flash flood, and that entire creek bed is full of rushing water, a torrent of water, throwing boulders down and ripping trees out and all of that. And he, he knows this, and he's looking out, and he sees this alder tree just in the middle of this creek bed, this alder tree that had stood while down the river you've got these huge thick trees that are sort of like had all been taken down by the last flash flood. And he looked up and sort of like knew something about these alder trees, and that alder trees are a little bit different in the sense that they have what's called a taproot, like a, a deep, deep taproot, a single root that goes way, way deep down searching for water. And so they, they look sort of unimpressive. They're sort of skinny and they're, they're flexible though. So when the torrent comes, when the flash flood comes, they're able to have this sort of appropriate flexibility. They don't just get taken down, but their deep, deep rootedness is what holds them firm when the giant flash floods come. And for him, it was just this recognition, and I think for us it's a recognition, for me, that I need to have deep, deep roots. A deep root, not shallow roots or not look impressive on the outside, but a deep, deep root into the Word of God, into the power of the Holy Spirit, into an intimacy with Jesus. That deep rootedness into that, that when then the flash flood comes, I might, you know, I might be getting beat up a little bit, but I'm standing firm and I'm not swept away with the current of our culture, of our time, of the conflict, the arguing, of the messaging, of all of everything that's happening in our world today. So we need to have to stand firm a deep rootedness. So I encourage you, our deep rootedness comes from time in the word of God, from time in prayer, time in listening to God, Time with, with God versus time on CNN or Fox News versus time on social media versus just time in a, with a screen in front of us, right? Like that's what we have to make sure that we're spending our time getting rooted in. So I want to encourage us in this day, what will we be about? What will we be about? And then to recognize that that's what it looks like to be firm, that it's not... It's not about just being bold and all this bravado and like all of being a loud, the loudest voice in the room. But it's being rooted in Christ. And so we're to stand firm in him. And then the next one is to live in harmony. Therefore, you're a citizen of God's kingdom. Jesus is your king. Therefore, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another in the Lord. That's what we're called to do. He's talking to these, these two women that were part of this community. To live in harmony in the Lord. And so Hebrews, even Hebrews 12, 28 on top of that says, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. We are a part of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom that we're citizens of cannot be shaken. The kingdom of America can be shaken. All the kingdoms of this world can be shaken. But God's kingdom cannot be shaken. So let's have gratitude. 
Let's show gratitude to God, to one another. Let's live in harmony with one another. This is the command of Scripture. This is what God calls us to do. And I think often we feel most sort of antagonistic and upset when we feel threatened. You know, sort of a cornered animal, so to speak, right? When we feel threatened, when we feel like we're losing something, we can get the sort of worst about showing gratitude or living in harmony. And we can lash out. And that's when that conflict gets ugly. But I want to encourage us that God is not threatened by who will be president of the United States of America. God is not threatened with any of that. It matters. Don't get me wrong. It matters. But we don't need to be threatened by it because God's in control. And therefore, since we're a citizen of God's kingdom, we show gratitude and we live in harmony with one another. And so that's our mindset, to have that mindset of God and that kind of confidence and and that assurance that Jesus is the king and Jesus is in control. And Jesus even spoke to his disciples when it comes to power, when it comes to kind of seeking a position of prominence. He, he, he made them check their hearts with this. And I don't know what your heart is, but uh, they were all arguing about who was going to be most important, who was going to be able to sit at his right hand and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus called them to himself and he said, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles, like the Romans, he said, they domineer over them. And their people in high position exercise authority over them. And Jesus said, but it's not this way among you. Other translations say, but not so with you. They're fighting for power. They're domineering over people. They, they care about this authority, but not so with you. Rather, whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servants. Whoever wants to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So our heart, our mindset, let's change it from conflict and being right to saying, I want to live in harmony with one another. I want to show gratitude. And I want to be a servant. I will serve others. And that can display Christ to a world in conflict. And then the final way for us to respond is the the most important. And it is simply to pray. Okay? The most important thing that we can be about all days and this week is to be in prayer. All right, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, and then we're going to talk about prayer a little bit, and then we'll be done. It says, first of all then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. So that means that we need to be in prayer for those who are in authority and give thanks for them. So that means like when we get the results of this election, if Donald Trump wins, we are to be praying for him. And we are to make entreaties to God for him and we're to give thanks to God for him. That also means that if Joe Biden wins this week, we are to be praying for him, giving entreaties to God for him, and giving thanks for him. That even means like harder for me right now is that our governor, Gavin Newsom, I got to pray for him because I'm frustrated with him right now, I'll be honest with you, okay? I need to be praying for him. I need to make entreaties to God for him. And I need to give thanks to God for him. I need to. We need to. 
That's a shift for our heart, right? Sometimes that's a shift for our heart. We know I have to, I'm supposed to pray for government, but and thanksgivings? Like, ah, okay, Lord. Like, I'm just trying to say, all right, Lord, I'll submit to you and your word, and I will pray, and I will give thanks for whoever will be there. And to pray, and I just want to encourage us. Oh, and guess what? Here's the results. Okay, that's just the beginning. It says this, pray for them, give thanks for them, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life. Oh, how good does that sound? <laughs> a tranquil and quiet life? Like, that's not, that's not anything we know. But God, please give us, like, if we pray for them so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. To pray for our leaders, to pray for those in authority and give thanks to them. And God will give us this quiet and tranquil life with dignity and godliness. That's the way. That's the way of God. That is what we're to do. And so I want to encourage us to, to add some prayers to that. To say, Lord, I want to pray for my Democrat friends, my Republican friends, my independent friends, my friends that think something else that's crazy or whatever, right? Like, I want to pray for my friends in this way, the people I know in my life. I want to pray for them. I want to show compassion to them. And when this week, when you have people in your life that are disappointed in the results of this election, for your posture not to be like sort of ha-ha, right, or pride, but for your posture to pray for them, to pray for those people that you know that are disappointed or fearful or anxious or they had their hopes in this person. But now let's pray for them. God, I pray for these people that our hope would be in you. That's what we can do, right? Let's just shift our, our attitude and shift our mindset. Because again, my hunch is you've probably already figured out who you want to vote for or you've already voted already. So let's transition into a mindset of prayer. Because that's what it is for us as the church, more than an audience. This whole series has been that we as the church are more than just people that come and sit or sit wherever, sit in your homes, wherever you're part of this. We are more than just a people coming to services, singing songs, and listening to sermons. We're people that have spiritual friendships. We want to pray for those. We have people that are part of a community. We want to pray for one another. We have people, we are a people who are to be serving those in need, to be generous givers. We are a people who are to be reaching out locally and sharing the gospel globally and across the street. Like all of that, that's our role. And then our role then is to see ourselves as the church, as citizens of God's kingdom, as ambassadors for Christ above all else and to be praying for God's will and his kingdom come, his will to be done in all these things. So that's my heart for us this week. And as we respond, I have a couple ways I think that we can respond to this. First of all, number one, submit to God as your one and only king. Just recognize that. In prayer, recognize, Lord, I submit to you as my only king, my only hope, and all of that. And secondly, I want you to try this. Maybe this, to vote early so you can fast and pray on election day. All right? Vote early. I mean, you can fast and pray on election day, even if you vote on Tuesday. That's fine. But I'm just saying, we have this opportunity that the, all, the, all the polling places are already open. I already dropped my thing in a secure box a couple weeks ago. Like, it's been done for a while. Right? So, like, you could be done with voting already. 
And so I encourage you, vote early and just like have that be done, right? Just have that be sort of out of your mind and system that you're just like, okay. So then like make Tuesday just a day to say, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray for our nation, for our, our church, for our, our community, for the God's kingdom come, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, for all the things that you're concerned about within this, to pray for those things and ask God for him to move into work. And so, and even to pray that God help me live in harmony with, with the people like in my life. Help me to show gratitude. Help me to, to be someone that's going to pray and give thanks no matter who wins. Like even for God to shape your heart in the midst of that. So like let's be a people of prayer on Tuesday especially. And then we have another unique opportunity to pray uh, at a couple things with our entire county, with churches in our entire county. So we're having another thing called Seek Week. So we had a couple days of Seek Week back kind of during some of the height of the pandemic. We had a couple days of Seek Week during some of that time of like pretty like the height of some of the racial conflict and tension. And then now we have this opportunity after the election I don't know if we're going to know anything yet or not, but after the election, November 4th and 5th, from 7 to 8.30 at night, it's an online prayer gathering. We've had like 150 churches that are all part of this. Like I'm part of helping and leading through some of these times together where we're just saying, Lord, we're just going to pray. Pray for our county. Pray for our cities. Pray for our country. And just pray that our hearts would be seeking after God and, and doing that and just kind of reminding us of who we are and whose we are and, and all of that. So I encourage you to be part of it. You can go to calvarylife.org slash seekweek where you have to sign up to register. They'll send you a link where you can go and to be part of these prayer nights. And uh, I think that can just be an awesome focus this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Let's just be all about prayer. Uh, and we pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray for those who feel like they're losing something. We pray for those who are scared. We pray for those who have placed hope in something and it doesn't happen for them. And we pray for our nation. So let's pray for these things. So let me pray now, and then we're going to go into a time of communion to put our focus especially even more on Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, we pray. Lord God, we pray that your kingdom come, your will to be done here on earth, in our world, in our country, in our state, in our county, in our city, in our homes, God our church. Lord, I pray that, Lord, we would see your hand at work. And Lord, I pray that no matter what happens, God, that you would care for this nation, that you would help us to follow your ways, to be a people who are a people that display the values of your word, God. Lord, I pray that you would calm our hearts, that you would resolve conflicts in our relationships, Lord, that you would allow us to have our focus on you as our hope, as our king. Lord, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, thank you that you care for us and that you are strong and that you are in control. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.